When you have a moment of silence, do you feel the need to pull out your phone? Today we are talking about how to curb our screen attachment and model a healthy relationship to it. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Okay, so I have the face palm today. And guys, this is hard for me to admit because it's a full-blown mistake. I'm being really vulnerable with you guys. But as a just a little disclaimer, I think it's really important to be aware of what we're saying to our kids about our bodies and how we're feeling about our bodies because that actually gets passed totally to our kids. Our kids can tell how we feel about our own bodies and they in turn soak that in and mm-hmm. they have a tendency to have that same kind of view towards their bodies. Like, for example, I've committed, like, I never say things like, oh, look at this muffin top I have, or, mm-hmm. um, oh, I just ate that dessert, and it's going to be so <coughs> bad. You know, like, I don't talk, I don't say that kind of stuff at all. I say mm-hmm. things like, I am so, I'm so happy that my body can take me to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. when we're hiking, mm-hmm. or I'm just so grateful for this or this. You know what I mean? That's what I say. Yep. But yesterday, I totally did not do this, and it, it was such a face palm. So we went swimming yesterday for the first time of the season. So it's been winter. We were outside in the water playing for like four hours and Felicia was with us. And so of course I'm like slathering me (laughs) and all my kids in sunscreen, just like coating us in, you know, like this zinc oxide, like rubbing it in forever to try to get it not to be (laughs) white. healthy sunscreens. Wow, sir. Yes. The healthy sunscreens. They don't rub in. Uh, Yeah. We're going with the healthy sunscreens, but yeah, they take a long time (laughs) to like get in. And I look over Felicia and Felicia's just like this like bronze beauty, just like, (laughs) please sitting in the sun because she has beautiful olive skin. I have super, super fair skin. Beautiful fair skin. And I love all skin colors. Like I'm not displeased with having fair skin. I just... In that moment, I was looking at her and I was like, ah, Felicia, if I could have your skin, I would. Like I, in the summertime, I actually, to be honest, do wish sometimes I had more olive skin. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law has super olive skin and I swear she doesn't have a wrinkle Mm because she just has this natural SPF on her all the time. Anyway, I said it out loud and I looked over at my 10-year-old and she has my skin. Mm -hmm. She has my fair skin. And as I said, I like felt a sinking feeling in my stomach. Like I just told her that I wanted somebody else's skin. How can I expect her to be happy with her own skin if I literally just said, I wish I had your skin? Mm-hmm. And she's heard me say to Felicia before, like, I love, I really do love Felicia's skin. Like mm-hmm. if I could choose it, I would choose that skin. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and so I clarified it and I was like, okay, just so you know, I love, I do. I'm glad I have my fair skin. I'm, I wouldn't, you know, I'm grateful for it. And I'm okay slathering on the sunscreen and protecting it from the sun. But as I went to bed last night, I like knew in my heart, you know, that was a mistake. Like I shouldn't have her say that. So I told Felicia this morning, I said, Felicia, you know, I love your skin, (laughs) but I'm going to stop saying all the time how much I love your skin because, and I'm going to work on actually just being okay, being super Mm -hmm. white all summer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, and again, there's, I love all the skin colors, but I just, 
I, I'm going to work on being really satisfied with the skin I yeah. have and modeling that for my kids. Yes. Because it was such a face palm. And I like legitimately felt in my heart like it was a mistake. Anyway. Oh, I've had that feeling with stuff you say in front of your kids and you're like, oh, dang it, stab. I shouldn't have said that. So. Yes. And it happens. We all, we, yeah, we make all mistakes it. yep. and it's important just to recognize yep. it. And and you are very aware of being body positive. I think, and it relates right to what we're talking about today because we do see what everybody else looks like in their perfectness moments all the time. Talk about screen time and social media. It's hard to be as and important like when it comes to our kids because that's what they see. They see perfect everything. Yes. And <laughs> airbrushed all the things. Yes. And I think it's so hard when you see everybody not to want what other people have. Totally. It takes like deliberate choice to be mm -hmm. happy with what we have yep. and also i think it's another really good lesson in it isn't just what we say because what we say is super important but really what i need to look at is what i'm feeling deep on the inside because mm -hmm. i think that's the thing with everything you know being confident self-love all those things even our relationship with god when we say things to our kids mm -hmm. words are powerful mm -hmm. but really the first step is what we're doing inside of ourselves on yep. the inside because that i think like emanates out and they pick up on that more than they even pick up on words. Totally. So anyway. Yep. Oh, well, thanks for sharing because I'm sure a lot of people will help them think about that kind of stuff. In the summertime, <coughs> when you're walking around in your swimsuit, yeah. be aware of what you're saying about your body. Totally. Because they're going to internalize yep. that and have it be about, think about their body. Too. Yep, exactly. Okay, so my high five, I'm going to try to do this justice, justice with an explanation. I'm reading, we're, we're reading a couple books that we're going to do going to talk about in future episodes this comes from one of them it's just a little nugget but i haven't fully gone into the whole the logistics of using this method but i really like it and i want to share it and see if you guys like it and want to use it but so in this book they talk about um using the socratic method of so socrates um <clears throat> when he would work with his students, he his whole he was known for never giving an answer or really any other feedback besides asking questions to a student. So maddening, right? Like if you were a student, when you just be like, ah, give me an answer. <laughs> but so in this book, they applied this to kids and how to create kids who turn into creative, resilient, successful adults. Um, they found that kids who did end up like that, a lot of the times they had parents or examples in their lives who were inquisitive. So instead of just, so for example, little toddlers walking down the street, sees a butterfly, ooh, a butterfly. Tr a lot of the times, traditionally, you're not thinking, you're like, wow, good job, a butterfly, good job. You said butterfly, you saw a butterfly. You know, you're just praising exactly what they're saying. So this whole method is that you take it further. So walks down the street, ooh, a butterfly. You say something like, wow, that, you know, you saw a butterfly. What is it doing? So it's just you're asking him, you're asking your kid the next question to get their mind thinking, why do you think it's flying? Why did it land on that flower? So that's, that's the method, right? So <clears throat> I decided to test this a little bit before we bring it to you guys. But... Um, so my, so Cohen, my almost five-year-old, yesterday, him and Lennon, who's three, they came out of their room. 
and they share a room and Len had saved like this bottle. It's actually like a pancake squirter bottle that he in his bed that he wanted to play with the next day. So, you know, siblings, it's like uh, protective custody of this mm-hmm. pancake. Yes. yes. Like, <laughs> I have ownership. Yeah. In the morning I'm using yes. this. <laughs> and so they woke up, Len had forgot about it, came out first and Cohen got out of his bed. Mm-hmm. And so then they come out and madness ensues. They're fighting over the pancake squirter. And so they, I'm like, you know what's going on? God's like, mom, I got it first. And Len's like, no, me have it. Me play with it this morning, you know? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out, which is, it's in a moment of distress. It wasn't a curious moment, but I'm like, eh, I'm just testing stuff. And so I'm like, Cohen, why do you think you should have it first? And he's like, well, I got it first. And then I was like, well, why do you think Len might want it first? Well, he saved it. And so the like four or five more questions and at the end of it, it, it was almost like you could tell, like, especially Cohen, cause he's a little bit older. His brain was working so hard. He just was like, and then just like handed it to Len. Like he just <laughs> yeah, handed it. I've convinced myself. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. And just handed it <laughs> over. But so that was a high five of this. I'll come back with more information on it, but I just love the it worked. getting their brains it made him see someone else's side. I don't know. I really liked now doing this all the time. Exhausting, but selective moments. Mm. I really I, liked it. I think you did that to me yesterday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw critiqued you <laughs> when I was talking about bullying, and you're like, "Oh, well, what did what did she say?" Well, it was just this concept that we were talking about of this friend we know, and anyway, she's like, "Well, what did she say when that happened?" Okay, w- well, what did what about this? Oh, and she just kept asking me questions. <laughs> And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know what she said, actually. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, wait I'm a minute. I'm too deep in Soccer that. Soccer cheese. <laughs> I love it. So if I see you on the street and I just start asking questions, <laughs> just know, I'm sorry. I'm deep in this. <laughs> I love it. You've Which is not my tendency. It. I'm not a questioner by nature. No, I so, am. So, yeah, it's good for me to question something. Okay. So we're talking about screen time today. And just how we can change our our own habits with screen times screen time specifically and we all know i mean there is so so much research out there and we'll do a little review of it um later but we all know that for kids i mean there are studies galore about kids because it's the first generation of kids who are growing up in a way that nobody else has ever grown up right with screen time so today we're going to take a little different approach and talk about our own um, relationship with screens and screen time and what it's doing to mm. us. And because really, I actually think that's where it, the, an important place to start is with ourselves, just like we were talking about before. Yep. Honestly, it starts with inside of us. So um, <laughs> there's, there's not as much research about what screen time does to adults, but there is still some really good research out there. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to start with just five things that too much screen time does to your body as adults. And, uh, these are all research-based. We'll, we'll post the link to the article. But it restructures your brain, literally looking at screen screens, particularly small screens, like our phone screens. It does something with our eyes and our brains. It restructures and it changes the amount of white matter to gray matter. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, not necessarily, a, it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to breeze through these really quick. Your moral, the more screen time you have, the more 
vulnerable you are to metabolic syndrome. Mm. Metabolic syndrome combines diabetes, obesity, and high blood pressure. And it's a pretty toxic cocktail for poor health. Oh, boy. So lovely. Mm. And it you're more vulnerable to eye strain, mm. which is obvious. We all know about blue light and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the fourth one is you may not be as able to process emotions as previous generations. Mm-hmm. And we know that in kids, but I think it's interesting that there's actually research here that shows that it also <coughs> affects us as adults, for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, then this one, this is why we had to include this one. <laughs> the fifth one is you're likely to die <laughs> earlier. <Just> death. <laughs> if you have too much green time. Yikes. But listen to this. It's actually crazy. So... Um, for decades, studies have indicated that spending significant time parked in front of a screen, whether it's TV, computer, tablet, or a phone, lowers cardiovascular health and outcomes and increases mortality risk. In 2011, a study of 4,500 adults showed that lots of screen time raised your likelihood of death <laughs> by up to 52%. Oh, my God. 52%. While being a good exerciser only lowered that by 4%. So you can't just like exercise, exercise your, your way, way out. <laughs> out of it. But listen to this. This is where it gets so fascinating to me. Like I want to know more here. Um, it's not just the sedentary lifestyle then that screens promote. It's something about screen viewing itself that causes our bodies to work less well. Mm-hmm. So wow. anyway, and if you go into then, there's so many studies about our mental health. We know that when you spend an a ton of time on social media because i think i think social media can be a wonderful wonderful tool Mm -hmm. but there's no doubt i think there's plenty of studies out there that show an excess of social media decreases our happiness in life totally increased comparison lower self-esteem you feel lonely yes you're not creating real connections yes and it's a fake it's a it's a fake connection you feel like i'm connecting with people Mm -hmm. but then you actually have nothing in your body that's actually truly connected Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think all of those things could be contributing to that statistic of totally when you are lonely yep. and you're not feeling happy and you don't have connections Brain and you have all heart. those things then yeah you're not going to be living as a, a wholehearted life in general totally. so we're gonna so yeah let's talk about let's go what let's can go we from do <laughs> yes Help. those lovely stats yes how can we just because obviously we're not taking screens away from ourselves mm-hmm. screens are a huge part of our lives how can we make it a healthy, positive relationship mm-hmm. instead of this negative relationship that's going to make us die? <laughs> Death. <laughs> and I think a, a huge part of it. So we're talking about, um, you know, working on our attachment to them. Hopefully most of us are still in like this attachment. I think all of us are probably in the attached to our phone stage. Um, there are signs of people. It, it's turning into a, a digital addiction that mimics like alcoholism or any sort of addiction so that's when you're feeling like the constant nagging used to um use their phones maybe lying or hiding your phone those kind of things or you all you know like the phantom vibrations like is my phone ringing did i feel something what's going on did i miss or like yeah the compulsive like i'm doing nothing and you just feel your arm like lift your phone up to your face like i'm doing nothing and your arm just automatically comes up without you thinking (laughs) and you can't even stop it no or like i need to go to the bathroom where's my phone (laughs) <laughs> yes. I'm going to have 30 <laughs> seconds free and I have to yes. fill it. Stoplights. Yeah. Sorry, I just ran into my mic. I'm getting so into this. Stoplights, <laughs> pull up your phone. <laughs> she like has her hand coming up in front of her like with this face like I can't stop <laughs> it. I wish you guys could see it right now. <laughs> um, so, whew. and then on the, the other side of it, who's watching us? So a lot of us, we're modeling our behavior to kids, other 
you know, spouses, maybe we're, you know, teaching kids or we have relationships with younger people and we're modeling our screen attachment to them. Mm-hmm. So, um, couple more stats and we'll go into our tips. So Dr. Katherine Steiner Adair um, taught, has an article and we'll link all of these, but and she has a book too. Ooh, that's awesome. What's the we'll name of Also, we'll link, we'll link it. it. Okay. Um, but she talks about the importance of modeling healthy screen attach- attachments. So we, if we think about it, we can't set all these strict limits for our kids or people in our life unless we hold them for ourselves. So 54% Kids, 54% of kids feel that or would say their parents look at their phones too much. 32% of kids in the study reported that they feel like their parents' devices are more important to them than the kids, which, yikes. Mm -hmm. If your kid said that, oh. That would be so sad. Heart. Um, And then in, in this study, children of all ages use the words, angry, sad, frustrated, and lonely lonely to describe how they felt about their parents' phone usage. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also when they got into interviewing the tweens, they mentioned feeling like their parents are hypocritical about how much they're using their phone when the parents are on their phone a ton. So, And I've seen that one myself. So I was teaching, this is probably, I don't know, maybe two or three months ago, I was teaching a group of teenagers and somehow screen time came up and every single, well, actually, sorry, not everyone there was only two who didn't who said this isn't two of them said our parents are really good at setting their own screen limits Mm -hmm. and surprisingly enough these kids those two kids in this group also didn't have a problem with their own screen time like anyway surprise surprise (laughs) but the rest of them literally out of this entire group of kids they all and these were ages these were like um early teens so like 14 15 year olds the rest of them said uh, our parents set limits, which is great. I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, some of their limits though were crazy. Like one of them was five hours. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but still, they were all frustrated that their parents were setting limits. But then they all said, but our parents are on their phones all the time. Oh, they don't have yeah. the same rules as we have. So then, and you could just tell they were just filled with resentment. Totally. And so they were like, because I have little kids, they're like, you need to make sure you set limits for yourself now yeah. <laughs> so that when your kids get big, they don't feel the same way. Uh-huh. So I think, so literally, like I've seen that. They can see, well, why are you on your phone all the time if you don't want me to be on my phone all the time? Mm-hmm. You know totally. what I mean? Totally. Anyway. Yep. Okay. So we have some of our favorite reasons why and tips for limiting your screen. Curbing your screen attachment. Don't get yes. to the addiction. <laughs> so for me, one of the huge um, pushes to do this is for, so I'm showing up for the people in my life. So I think about, am I showing up for my kids and for my spouse, most important people in my life? If I'm filling all my free time with screens, what could I be doing in that free time? Could I be, we all say, we're low on time. Yes. Like we need more time. I have no time in my day. But you can go to your phone and see, oh, I spent 3.5 hours on my phone. Yes. Well, there's yes. my time. Yes. If you haven't checked your screen time report, if you, you have a smartphone, you, you got to check it, it out. Because it's amazing if you said, mm-hmm. I'm just going to take that time out. Whoa. That just gives that's you a ton, ton of extra time. Yep. Yep. So if um, you're having a problem with your time, that's our, I mean, do that first before yep. you do anything else. Check your screen time. See how much time you're using on your phone. You can also use your phone to limit your phone usage. Um, if you go into settings, there's a um, 
setting called app limits, screen time. I think it's mm-hmm. actually yeah. called screen time. Yeah, it's and then you go time. in and you can set limits for certain apps. So mm-hmm. for me, Instagram, Pinterest are like my two on my phone that I'm just like mindlessly, because we all need to respond to text messages. We need to respond to emails and we'll give you tips for that in a minute. But what am I doing mindlessly on my phone that I could be using that time to either just let my brain be still for five seconds or Mm -hmm. connect with someone. So I like to set app limits for those two two apps. So whatever your apps are. And the other tip for that is if I just move my app somewhere else on my phone, I don't have that muscle memory. And then I go and it's not there and I'm like, oh, well, it almost like, it stops that the moment. It ends mindless. the addiction mindless. It's more intentional. Reaction. I uh-huh. moved mine to my very last screen. Yep. And yeah, same thing. I actually have to just, just like think. Yep. I am choosing uh-huh. to look at social media right now because uh-huh. I want to because it's intentional. Yep. But for the first week, I literally would go to the same place it used to and yes. I click on it. It's like a calculator or something. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh. Oh, dang it. Oh. But thank yeah. heavens because it just mm-hmm. stopped me before I did it mindlessly. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. So then the next tip we have. So that's the you know, on your phone. Oh, and with that specifically also, did you guys know you can turn off, if you haven't done this already, you can turn off notifications for all those things. Yes. So you're not getting pinged Mm -hmm. every single time you get a Facebook, whatever notification, because otherwise it's just calling to you all the time. You want to be able to choose. All this is just about intention. None of these things are bad. They're just, you're just choosing to be intentional about it instead of just having it come at you. You know what I mean? In fact, on that note, take a second to think about, so for me, what I did is think about, what am I urgently needed for? So for me, that's phone calls. Phone calls are the only, um, if I have my phone on sound, so if I, if I want to be able to get a hold of, if I want people to be able to get a hold of me, phone calls are the only thing that it's like, I must, if someone needs me an emergency phone call, I need to have it on. Everything else on my phone, all social media and text messages don't have sound and don't have the red, you can turn off the red thing too Mm -hmm. so because a big red thing saying 25 of course your brain is like fix me fix me look at me like i just turn all of that off (laughs) unless you're me (laughs) but i think for most people you have 3145 emails waiting (laughs) makes me itch just (laughs) they're all like ads and stuff which i need to clean up i'm not justifying myself it's a problem but But, that doesn't bug you but for a lot of people i mean like my husband's like literally if that number's there like i have have to to resolve it which is i actually see as a strength i'm trying to be more like that but (laughs) but if it's nagging you and it's not things that are urgent so say it's facebook and it's like yeah 20 notifications about your kid's friend's dog you know like it's not urgent right? (laughs) right be intentional about it okay so that then um, something else that Terilyn and I both strive to do that we feel like has changed our relationship with our phones and then also in our home life so you're more centered and, and focused is having a space where you keep your phone during the time when you're with your kids during the day. So whatever that is for you, um, <clears throat> for everybody, it's going to be different. Our kids are both mostly home all the time. So I prefer after I I try to do like, if I need to attend to anything in the morning that we're going to do for that day, I try to do it before my kids wake up. And then I think of it like a old school phone with a cord. I have a place where I keep my phone and I shared in a previous episode, the intention that I have written out with it. And it's basically like, feel the vulnerability of leaving my phone here because we all like 
to have our phone. Mm-hmm. And if it's, it's like, not hooked to us, yeah, we feel a body vulnerable. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fill the vulnerability. It's basically like show up for my kids, be there for them, whatever it is, be present. It, I shared it on a previous episode, but so I keep my phone in that spot on do not just dis- on do not disturb. So like it's not ringing and pulling my attention over to it. And that's for a chunk of time until we have quiet time, nap time. And then I check back in if I need to you know, follow up with stuff, text people. I use that time if I do want to browse social media during the time when they're not with me. Um, And then I try to put it back away through the evening time, dinner with my family. And then I, this is one that's harder because it just is, but nighttime, I also try to limit the use at night, but that one's harder for me (laughs) because then you're free of kids and you're like, oh, relaxation. I I try to switch my mindset to also be more intentional about if I'm showing up for my husband and also just giving my brain the break from like the lights and just like the constant like stimulation maybe read instead but Mm -hmm. we all like it for entertainment so that is a little bit harder but those those are my tips for the day Mm -hmm. and Terilyn does pretty much the same thing Yes, a couple a couple things a little different. And one, if you're watching a show at night, which we do, mm-hmm. we actually do that every night. Um, and I try to still turn it off uh-huh. at the end and have a couple minutes before I actually fall asleep. But anyway, yeah. I know that's not ideal, but I love my <laughs> I love snuggling yep. at the end of the night and watching a show. But mm-hmm. um, but watching on a TV is actually better for mm-hmm. your eyes, anyways, than on a phone. It's better for your brain. Um, okay, so just a couple things to add to what Felicia just said. I love all of those. Things and we we do a lot of the sim- similar tools there, but for me a couple things. One, do not disturb. I set it so that I still have all the phone calls from my family. So like my husband's family and my family can still come in because if mm-hmm. we're gonna have an emergency, <coughs> those people are gonna be calling yep. me on the first call. It'll come through. Yeah. Anybody else, I have it set if they call twice in a row within yep. whatever it is like a minute or two minutes. Yep. Then it also comes through. So I know. So even if it's somebody who's not in my favorites, somebody calls twice, it may be urgent. It'll come through. That's also mine. Yeah. So during, so, and it's just on do not disturb. But that means, yeah, that means I don't see text messages until noon Mm -hmm. or whenever it is that I actually like pick up my Mm -hmm. phone. So I'd see them in the morning, but I, I don't, I do not, 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 it's way important. I think not to check till after your miracle morning's over. So I like to not turn my phone off of my whatever I have a set for for sleeping I don't turn it off of that until after my miracle morning mm-hmm. so I'm not getting emails and texts I don't see those mm-hmm. until after my miracle morning's over and then I check them I have you know some time then and then yeah same thing at quiet time but again I still get phone calls and there'll still be times where I know I'm gonna have to be looking for this text yeah and then for me I have to keep my phone available for texting all afternoon because of my kids social lives they don't have their own phones so you know they have have to know when they're getting you know they have to arrange that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. from then on i have it on but i think keeping it in a specific place is so helpful so Mm -hmm. helpful and another thing i just want to put out there we're talking obviously we're just talking about how it affects our kids um but a couple things there are times where you might have to you know, you're, you're having to arrange something like say I'm going to the park with mm-hmm. Felicia and I'm going to tell them, I'll actually say to my kids, hold on, I want to hear what you have to say, but I have to ask Felicia what time we're meeting at the park because I'm not sure with her baby's nap, if it's going to be 11 or 1130. Yep. So I'll tell them that mm-hmm. and say, but hold on what you're saying. Cause I really want to hear what you have to say mm-hmm. and then do it. And I'm not saying this is like the perfect way to do it, but at least they know you're important. Yep. I have this, I need to arrange. 
And then after, thank you so much for waiting. Okay, what were you going to tell me? Mm -hmm. But I also, so again, it has to do with kids, but also with whoever the adults are in our lives. We have all, all of us have been in the situation where you're talking to somebody and they keep checking their phone. And yes. you can't help it, but it's not feel important. Yeah. You're on a date and I mean, they've actually, like I've read research about just having, when you're at a dinner table and somebody has their phone on the table, even if it never beeps, yep. it lowers the quality of the conversation because you're not willing to share vulnerable and deep things mm -hmm. when subconsciously you know that phone can go off at any moment and we're going to be distracted. Yep. And when you're the one sharing it, if the other person just keeps, I, I mean, I've, oh, I've, I've totally seen this happen where, you know, you're talking and like, there's, they just keep, keep pushing, pushing it, like, the home button just to see up. if there's anything there. And it's <laughs> more like, important. You don't really care about what I'm talking about. Totally. And <clears throat> even like, I mean, I was just at a restaurant uh, maybe a week ago and it was almost like I felt totally like an old fashioned person. But I looked around, there was a dad and his little girl who were there shooting most, she was maybe like 12. They're sitting there for half an hour and both of them were sitting on both sides of the table looking mm -hmm. at the phone and then I mm -hmm. like turn my head and there's this family of it looked like a grandma and a mom and a two-year-old and all three of them just sat there for the same half an hour just looking at their oh, phone no. and I felt like such like an old-fashioned like, person <clears throat> but I was like oh my goodness I'm feeling so sad and yeah. then and then as I thought that though I was like hold on a second okay so but this isn't about them this is about I can look inside myself yep. what am I doing that's the equivalent of not seeing the people mm -hmm. that are in front of me exactly so, anyway. so there's all the health reasons why but then for for a lot of us we need to look at the other reasons what why do we want to reduce our screen attachment so we talked about you know showing up for the people in your life um another one for that's huge for me is when we have that attachment to our phone you almost feel in the background like you should be doing something else all the time mm -hmm. so it's increasing that background like you, just your anxiety in general in general the background anxiety of i've got something to do like when you're sitting can any of us just sit it's really challenging not to go grab your phone and think what could i be looking at checking on even like if you're let me go read an article and learning but we need to let our our minds be still and um tara brock who we've talked about a lot um she talks about how a, a negative experience or negative emotion is stored almost immediately in our brains when we experience it but positive experiences or emotions take 15 to 30 seconds to store what so like if your little kid it has this like joyous laugh and is laughing and you're just like oh my gosh this is amazing pull out your phone i'm not saying don't capture moments right we're all going to take pictures and take videos. But her, so her challenge that she gives, and I love this, is count 15 to 30 seconds to store your positive memory. In your brain. In your brain first. And it is quite a long time when you are attached to your phone as we all are. Mm. And not just that, but whatever your moment is, maybe you're just feeling joy for no reason. So you're just in the day like, oh, this is a good day. Now I have a second store it first so i've tried to take that 15 to 30 seconds to be joyous grateful whatever it is in a positive moment and store it in my subconscious and tara brock also talks about it's the same thing that anxiety of fomo so what am i missing out on who's on a trip who's doing what what do i need to be doing that i'm mm -hmm. not doing yeah i'm just here at my house so we try to fill that with social media or some other um 
screen thing that makes us feel more like we're missing out yes exactly <laughs> so she does the switch we've all heard i i'm sure i feel like it's going around the internet but the switch to jomo so the joy of missing out so like i'm so glad that i don't have anything else to do right now i'm going to take this moment and have this joy of just being here mm -hmm. in the stillness i'm just gonna be here yep i love that love it and from a okay i love that I, i'm gonna start using jomo <laughs> um from a like productivity standpoint i'm sure i can like hear the like wheels turning in people's brains as they're listening mm -hmm. to this thinking what about if i have like i mean a job where i actually have to respond to a bunch of emails mm -hmm. or for whatever reason in any situation where you're like i can't just like not look at my phone yep i have two two things for you to consider here one and when actually when i said for social life i keep my phone on texting in the afternoon it's true i do but then after dinner we have a rule, no phones at the table. Mm -hmm. And my kids, my kids will even say like, if my husband pulls out his phone, they'll be like, no phones at the table. <laughs> and it's so cute. They're like, I want them to now know. So now this is like our sacred family time. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have our dinner and then we have our family time after dinner. And so I don't leave my phone on text mm -hmm. for then mm -hmm. because even that, even the play time with your friends has a limit. And yep. for me, the phone goes off again. Then. Yep. So, but from a productivity standpoint, I have read now, I mean, I can't even, a handful of books from professionals who are talking about literally being professionally successful. We're talking like people with mind-blowing careers, millionaires, and there is totally a pattern. I've, I can't, I, I can't even name one specifically because there's so many that I've read. Tim Ferriss, I mean, he obviously stands out. He's the guy who wrote Four Hour Work Week, but that you are actually more productive, even you're at, you're at work, let's say. You're working, we've all read stuff about multitasking, right? Where um, you're working on stuff and then an email comes up and you answer that email. And then you try to go back to your project yep. and your literally ability to finish that project in a positive way totally decreases. Yep. So again, it's it's like crushing your time. So even mm -hmm. if you're thinking, I'm not, even, I'm not at home with little kids. Why would I only check my email at noon, mm -hmm. you know, at eight and at noon? Because studies have shown time and time again now, you're actually going to be better at work if you do that. Mm -hmm. And I think people respect if you have a, I mean, you can even have an auto reply or you can have it on your voicemail. Like I check my voicemails and my emails at mm -hmm. noon and at three. Mm -hmm. So if it's an emergency, call my secretary yep. or, you know, whatever it is, whatever, yeah. whatever your like emergency way is. But for the most part, I would say 99% of our correspondence can wait a little bit of time. Yep. So, totally. and people respect that. It's not You're saying yep. it's important to me. Responding to you is important to me, but it's not important enough to get rid, like actually interrupt my creative flow projects. of this project. Yep. Or totally. for me, for my teaching my kids, it's th they're more important right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But when I give you focus, I will give you my full attention. Yep. And I think people respect that. And I hope, and I hope the idea here is with kids too, or with your coworkers, they'll learn that when I'm with you, I'll really be with you, mm -hmm. but I'm going to choose to, whether it's finishing what you're working on or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you may have to wait, but when I'm with you, I want you to know I am totally with you. I'm yep. not going to be that person who's trying to finish my email while you're telling me a story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But at the same time, the thing I love about that. So I'm just, again, going back to you're in an office, you're working on something. Somebody comes in just to chat. You don't always have to prioritize a chat over what you're working on. You can say to an actual person, you can yeah. say, I'm in the middle of this project and I want to give you my full attention. Mm -hmm. um, can you come back at 11 yep. or whatever? And again, that sounds like you're pushing somebody off, but it's really just setting a strong boundary of 
I'm showing this, the thing I'm working on is priority. You know yep. what I mean? And this totally. all goes together. Like yep. the productivity, the efficiency, the ang- limiting anxiety, mm-hmm. giving people connection time, not just people, but projects. Mm-hmm. I think it all, like all of this just weaves together like a tapestry. Exactly. What you're doing, have it be what you are doing. Being present. <laughs> Being present and aware. Goes what? back. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a little break. And we're just going to give some short tips to help with um, kind of curbing kids' screen attachment. And yes, yeah, so we'll be right back after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we're going to go into a little bit here how to just motivate ourselves to look at our kids' screen time and see the best way to set healthy boundaries with it. Um, And to do that, there's nothing better than a few scary stats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, These statistics come from a psychologist, Dr. I don't know how to say the last name, Twenji. Again, we'll put the link in the show notes, but um, started doing a 25- year 25 years ago started a study on generational differences but in 2011 hit something that really scared her happened and that was uh, a smartphone or it was actually iphone amount of people who have iphones went over 50 percent and that itself isn't scary but the results that happened that were really noticeable were scary these are the things that have changed since starting in 2011 so again this is recent specifically correlated to amount of smartphones usage. One in five children has mental health problems, which has been an increase, a 43% increase in ADHD, 37% increase in teen depression, and 100% increase in suicide rate ages kids, I mean, ages 10 to 14 in kids. So 100%, that means, I mean, that's a ton. That's literally doubling. Yeah. So, um... Am I reading? Is that correct? Did mm-hmm. I just say that correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, and we know, I mean, there's like tons of, I mean, I know all those you can kind of debate on, you know, different factors and stuff, mm-hmm. but suicide rate, as far as I understand from the research I've done, it's directly correlated. That huge spike in um, suicide rate all has to do with specifically social media mm-hmm. and kids. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <coughs> which is totally terrifying. Here's just some more statistics. Um in this year, when they were interviewing kids in 2011, um, the words sad, hopeless, and useless, and that they can't do anything right, and depressive words came up tons, mm. way more starting in those years. Mm. Uh, kids felt more left out and lonely, and there was a 50% increase in a clinical level of depression, specifically between 2011 and 2015. So in three years, 50% increase. Wow. Crazy. So it's just like, a, and I know I had mentioned depression up above, but. Feelings of depression also increase just, but then clinical depression also. So both of them. Yes. Um, Which is crazy. And just some stats on kids' phone usage. So 
the, the national average for phone usage in ages eight to 18, I've seen it anywhere from seven to eight hours in front of screens a day, which is mind blowing. Wow. Um, and to think that that wasn't even an option. Well, a hundred right. years ago, it wasn't an option at all. Yeah. yeah. 20 years ago, it was just TV, Yeah. which I've actually read stuff about. The TV is still different than, because uh-huh. um, it's not personalized to you yep. and what you're specifically missing out on all yep. the time. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then this one is, <laughs> mind-boggling to me because as a parent i'm just like but 80 percent of parents surveyed believed that they were a good role model for how to use digital technology which is crazy because we're clearly really not right according to the statistics we need some help yes um and then another one when it comes to kids is if you just boil it down to nothing besides that kids need to sleep using well if you use them before bed, not a good way to wind down, but just blue light in general, the more blue light we have. So especially if your kids are using devices before bed, but even throughout the day, it just like messes up your, your rhythms and it's harder to sleep. <clears throat> so some quick tips here. They're pretty simple um, for helping. There's no like magic box that you pull out and then your kids don't want screens because they're addictive. So first modeling. We talked about this with ourselves. We have to do it first. So choosing those intentional times of day um, for us and showing them that they're more important than our phones or screens. Um, Second, be intentional about their screen usage. So choosing for them also intentional days or times, whatever that looks like for you. Hopefully less is more when it comes to this. and hold your boundary. So your kid's used to watching whatever his couple shows a day. It's going to be painful. He's going to cry about it. And try to go back to being present with his emotions. Acknowledging that, yeah, this is hard for him. But remaining unruffled and not letting it escalate, escalate, escalate. And then giving in when they cry about it for a long time. So just hold that boundary. I promise you it will get better. One or two times of them knowing that you're serious, they're going to get bored and then be comfortable in the boredom. Don't use boredom as a reason to use technology. Um, Use it, just see it. For me, I see it as a precursor to, there is a quote that is something like, boredom is a precursor of creativity or something like that, but just they're gonna come up with something so good. So in our, my kids don't know the word bored yet, I think, because they're just little. But as your kids get older, I love, I've heard a lot of families, I think, Charlene, in fact, you just say your kids can't say bored. Like, we're not allowed to say bored. Yeah, like, well, you can't They be can bored. say it. They can say it. And I just say, oh, I don't believe in bored. Yes, awesome. I don't you believe know. in bored. You can yep. say it as much as you want. Mm-hmm. I actually had my kids memorize. John Kabat-Zinn said, when you pay attention to boredom, it becomes unbelievably interesting. Yes, that's the quote I'm thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it is. And yep. so if to me, bored actually isn't a bad word. Mm-hmm. It's more like a, you say, and it's like, sweet. Yeah. Well, I don't believe in it being, a, so when I say I don't believe in bored, I don't believe in it being a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, you're bored. Yeah. You have a whole world mm-hmm. inside your head and anywhere you want to go, yep. like there's trees, there's mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. So I see is that like, if we can just change it from like, oh, I'm bored to yeah. like, that is so awesome. You're bored. Uh-huh. What are you going to do with that space? Yep. You know, totally. And it's exciting. And kids totally catch on to it. Which is a beautiful thing about childhood. They yes. should be bored. In fact, for <laughs> us, I wish I could be bored more Me often. Me too. I'm like, I'd love to be bored. Because there's like a to-do to do. list that like yeah. I could just go to anytime. <laughs> yep, exactly. And I think with kids, especially with the concept of being bored, that 
I just want to tell you that once your kids are comfortable with being bored, you don't even miss it. Like my kids right. know specifically because we 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 like we totally have we we like to watch movies mm-hmm. and we have some other things we do with screens. So I'm not like against it, but it's very like they know when it is mm-hmm. and they know that other times yep. it's just not going to happen. Yep. And you'll get to the point where you don't even miss it. Yep. Like car rides. When my first was little, I used to give her something to watch Mm -hmm. in a car ride. She was like, I mean, looking back, I'm like, oh, my heavens. Yeah. She was like a year and a half. And I totally give her some Sesame Street in Mm -hmm. Spanish Mm -hmm. to watch as we Mm -hmm. drove in a 10 minute drive. And then I realized, oh, like I read some statistics and was like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And now I can't even imagine like they don't need it at all. Like you you don't even miss it. So for those of you out there who are like, I do not know how I'm going to ever limit this. Yep. I just want you to know, once you do, it's not even yep. a big deal. And once you set those intentional limits, so for us, I became aware of it. So then it was like, I'm always with like trying to quote limit screen time, but which more means for me, they're asking and I'm saying no, yes. which is not fun. And it makes them want it more if that's exactly. just all your conversations all the yep. time are about. Yep. Like, no, you can't have it. Can I watch it? Can I see your phone? So when I turned it to, this is, this is your day and this is what you how long you get to watch on that day literally two things one they just know so at first it's like nope it's not that day so it's a really easy like just thing to say so then once they get past that it's like the you know they know it's not tuesday or whatever your day is so they they're not even gonna ask but for me we've gotten to a point that some weeks now they're young terrell said her kids don't forget my kids will go weeks and never ask which is great i know when they get older they'll be more aware of the fact that they it's around them but um but if if you start the habits early i think oh so helpful and then the last thing the last tip is just don't give them easy access to devices yeah so that can even be your first thing and then the limiting yes. intentions. Yeah. Can they so. turn on the TV? Like, is the remote yep. control sitting? Yeah. I mean, if you have older kids, obviously they can turn on TV. Right. But right. with little, little kids, kids, just don't put the remote where they can yeah. reach it. And yeah. don't put your phones and iPads yep. where they can even see yep. them. And put a lock on it if you want. So like for me, mine yeah. has a passcode and they don't even know. Yeah. My iPads just go <laughs> in like in the cabinet so they yep. can't even see them. Because with little yeah. kids, those of you with little kids out there, if it's out of sight, they give it even. some time. Totally. Yeah, they'll be unhappy at first. Mm-hmm. And then give some time and they'll forget that they're even there. Yep. That's exactly. Okay, so those are our tips for your kiddos. But most importantly, start with you, look at your screen usage, and be intentional about it. Yeah, and be present. Mm-hmm. So, as summary, use the tools that you have in your own smartphone to set limits on yourself. Mm-hmm. You can also use those limits to, you know, those things to set limits for your kids. But really, the takeaway here is. Look at your own relationship, be present, choose who your priorities are, and hopefully your priority isn't the phone, and be willing, be willing to set those to the side. So use the tools in your phone, actually take a look at your own relationship, and also take some time just to look how, how your kids are seeing you. Mm-hmm. Do you want their memory to be you holding that phone in front of you? Mm-hmm. And also set aside sacred times, like a... Um, one of the psychologists from all these studies that we're reading, she, her biggest recommendation was set aside times that are like, no matter what, no phone here, mm-hmm. specifically transition times. Mm-hmm. Your kid, when you're taking your kids to school, she even said diaper changes. Mm-hmm. Cause again, this all comes back to connection. Mm-hmm. These times when you're transitioning are moments of connection. So if you can have it be a moment of connection, it increases their chances of being psychologically healthy adults later mm-hmm. because 
anytime you're feeling transition, kids feel a little bit of uh, insecurity mm-hmm. and you don't want to just numb that with technology. Yep. So, and when we see it in ourselves, I actually find it in myself when I have like, I'm feeling like really frustrated. I do. I want to go and shut my room and just scroll through Facebook. Yep. Like yep. I feel that want inside of me. Yep. I want to just numb it out because mm-hmm. I'm so, you know, yeah. feeling whatever yeah. the feeling is. But it's important just to recognize that and teach our kids there are other ways to handle it. So be aware, be present, because that's what it all is about. Yep. I love that. Oh, guys, breaking habits, attachments, addictions, whatever it is for you is way hard. So you got this. Let's find the magic. (coughs) (laughs) Brown cows. (laughs) 